You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Well, hello and good morning. Um, the song and the scripture, I think my, my job's done here. I can't do much more. Um, well, since we are here and you decided to come here, I don't know that I can entertain you. Um, but I hope you didn't came here to be entertained. Uh, I am, for most of my life, for all of my life, I have always been like one thing kind of guy. So I can do just one thing. Let's say I can drive. If I drive and talk, I have no idea where I'm going. So if I do one thing, I'm okay. As soon as there is more than one, multiple things... I'm getting lost between them. And I found out that as older I get, as more one-dimensional I become. Um, preparing for this sermon was, was a ride of my life. Um, your mind is going, your hand cannot keep up with riding that, and then you kind of like, on a paper I'm still here, in my mind I'm somewhere else, then I need to somehow bring it to all together, and I bring my thoughts back, and then I catch up on a paper, and then I find out that my mind has gone completely different direction, and when I was done with everything, when I started to read, I'm like, how did I come up with this thing? It was completely something different. So, with that being said, be ready for bumpy ride, because right now, I need to be nervous, I need to kind of look at my notes, and I need to speak. That's like three things together. It'd be hard to do. Um, well, hopefully, God will help us to go through it, and to be sure that he gives us his strength and his blessings, let's just bow our heads and invite him. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this wonderful day that you have given to us, that we can put everything aside and we can look at you. And we don't need to have regrets that we don't work or we don't worry, because this is the day that you have given for us to enjoy with you. Lord, uh, send your Holy Spirit, speak to every one of us, use me, not for my glory, but for yours, and um, send us home closer to you, and help us to open our hearts and accept what you have chosen and given and done for us. In your name we pray, amen. Well... Humans, we all are humans, and we have amazing ability to adapt, um, change. Here are my glasses. That will help, too. 
Uh, we adapt to our environment. We adapt to our surroundings if they change. We adapt even to traditions and beliefs. We adapt. Um, sometimes we adapt physically. Sometimes we adapt mentally or emotionally. Uh, it depends. Child, child grows up in a family and knows only the family dynamics and family surroundings. But then he needs to go to school. New surroundings, new dynamics need to adapt. Bigger school, bigger, more people, more, adap more adapt to do. Job, getting married. Now he needs to change and adapt. Um, a lot to do. <laughs> Some of us have even changed the countries and adapt to the new one. Some of us have even changed continents, adapt to the new one. Some of us have met friends. Some of us got married on a in a strange or new country with the girl with different nationality than mine, adapt. Well, I'm not the only one who's done something like that. There's quite a few who's done close to that. So we are capable of adapting. Um, have anyone ever in your lifetime have told you that you are very special? Have ever you said someone that they are very special? Especially we hear that that we tell kids, you're very special. Have you, if you've been told that you're very special, do you remember the day when you found out that you're very average? And the day will come. That day will come. Because most of us are very average. Well, some of us adapt to that. But some of us get so mad, so upset, so twisted and turned sideways that they grab the biggest gun and shoot everyone in sight. Well, what we tell our kids or grandkids make their identity. And words do matter. And what we say and do and how we say and how we do matter. If someone tells me that I'm very special, day in and day out, that means both of you are not. You're very average. And because I am very special, that all I do is very special. That requires special attention, special acknowledgement, and my pride and my ego is polished very bright, and put up in very special vis visible place. Because if nobody can see it, I can't, or I lose my ability of being very special. If nobody can see that, then my being specialty is kind of gone, then it doesn't work. Well, who was the first one who thought of himself that he is very special? and developed pride symptom. Satan. Okay, with that being said, 
Can you think of one instance when Jesus walked on this earth, when he presented himself as being very special or asked for very special treatment? Well, pride is not the God's attribute. It's Satan's. Then the question is, why do we cultivate Satan's characteristic? Why? Simply because we are so deeply adapting or adapted to this world, to Satan's ways, that we have completely forgotten the ways of our Creator. And you're probably sitting there and thinking, wait a minute. Where are you going with all this? Don't tell our kids that they are special. And then there is a scripture hanging on top of your head that suggests something completely different. Okay. All right. Tell your kids that they are special, but complete the sentence. You are very special to me. Because you are my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter, whatever it is. Don't give a false truth. They are not special to me. They're special to you. If they're special to you, they don't mean that they're special to someone else. Tell them the truth. That's what God does. God says, you are very special to me. He doesn't leave unfinished sentence. Um, scripture. Well, oh, it's right there too. But you are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We'll get to that a little bit. Let's see at our character's way, at, at our cre- creator's ways. We just said that Jesus never showed any pride. How did he treat everyone? How did Jesus treat everyone, no matter who they were? If they were on the bottom of society or top of the society, did they treat it any differently? He treated all the same way. Galatians says that in Jesus, there is no rich or poor, there is no free or slave, there is no Greek or Jew. So all are equal. Everyone's the same. And that's how he all of us, or all around him. Did he serve or look to be served to? Did he serve or look to be served to? He served. He served every single day to every single person he came in contact with. That was his mission. That was he did, that what he did. Now, how did he call himself? Or who did he say he was? 
Son of God. Did he shy away from it? Never. He never shied away from who he was. Well, what I'm saying is that by God's standards or by God's ways, relationships, these kind of relationships, we all should be equal. We all should serve each other. We all should look at each other the same way. There is no need for getting on top of each other, better, be better than other person or putting other person underneath or, or, or uh, putting them down. That's not God's way. The relationship like this, oh, that's completely, completely different story. That's right, this scripture. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are people of God's own possession. Oh, that's completely different. That's very, very special. But special to whom? Special to him and me. Special to him and me. Um, the reality is follow Satan's ways. We adapted so much Satan's ways that instead of being special this relationship, we try to make special in these relationships, and we fight, and we strive, and we try to get on top, and we try to be better than other people. If I'm not taking care of myself, nobody will, and I need to prove this, and I need to achieve this, and that's how we go through the life. And we spend the most of the life doing that. And this relationship, we acquire or stay in that sheepish stage, and we, we become very sheepish. And we say, um, oh, I'm sorry, God. I hope I didn't bother you so much with my needs and prayers. I hope you hear me. Uh, I'm I'll try to be better, and I'll try to, to leave you alone. Or I hope my needs are not too big for you and I don't know if you really want to hear me or not, or I don't know if you really want to answer my prayers or not. Come boldly to the throne of God. Come boldly to the throne of God because he said so. Because he has made you a royal priesthood. He has crowned you. You are royalty to him, not to each other. Royalty to him. Why? Why do I want to come boldly to a throne? Why he made me a royal? Why he chose me? What's the reason? For me to be proud and to use this in these relationships? I'm better than you. I know more than you. No. The scripture says, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of whom? Me? Him. That's the bottom line. That's why he chose you. That's why he chose you. God made us royalty that we can live and have life abundantly. And that we can have life, that we can be all that we can be through Jesus. But the problem is 
that if we don't know who we are in Jesus, we cannot be all that we can be for Him. If we don't know our identity in Jesus, we can't live full life for Him. We can't serve Him fully. We can't worship Him fully. We can't do nothing completely for Him. If we don't accept what He tells us, who we are in Him and for Him and to Him, how different, how dramatically different our life would be if we would accept this truth, how dramatically different we would see our life, the things that go on in our life, if we would accept that truth, that God has chosen me, Personally, me. Um, this is something new, in a way, for me, in my walk with God. And um, you all know Jimmy. And this whole thing with him has put my life down, inside out. And, and I have found out things that I have never thought I will find out in my life. Um, <laughs> don't know even where to start. I started to miss him from that moment. I put my signature on a paper when he, Jimmy brought recruiter to our house, that I put the signature down okay with his decision. As soon as I put signature down, Grace and Jessica probably remembers, I left the house. I got in my truck and drove away. Because I knew where he's going. And I knew, because I've been there. And I've been missing him from that second. He was still at home. He was still with us. The day we took him to the place when he left the car, I'll never remember. And then I prayed. I prayed and I thought, I shared those things with you. I prayed my, I, I shared my prayers with you, what I asked God. And like I told you, everything that I asked God, God did completely opposite. Completely opposite. And I got upset. And I got mad. And I got discouraged because of the injury of everything. And besides that, his injury was way bigger than he told us. And we found out that only when he met him, because he didn't tell us all that was going on. In reality, he lost completely his eyesight. He didn't saw nothing. He was moving around, putting his hand on his friend's shoulder. That's how he was going from, from point A to point B. Can you imagine that 18-year-old guy going through that? And I was... I was upset with God. I, and I, like I told you, it seems like and it felt like that my prayers don't mean anything. God does everything completely opposite. Well, everything worked out. He's 100% healthy again. He sees his vision is 20-20 again. Everything is fine. He's in a place where I can sleep at night and, and, and nobody is uh, torturing him, drowning on a purpose and all that. Everything is okay. And um, he has gone through another 
on other things and all kind of, and when I, when, then one night it hit me. And I said, sorry, God, because I was looking for me and my prayers and my feelings, and I completely forgot that you need to take care of Jimmy, and you need to teach him who you are for him, and you need to show him that you love him, and you need to be with him, and you need to develop relationship with him because you love him as much as you love me. But I was looking only about me, about my relationship with God, my prayers, answered prayers, not answered prayers. And in reality, all my prayers so far is 100% answered, everything that I ask for. But in that moment, looked like everything is completely opposite. If we would accept the knowledge, not the knowledge, but the, what the Scripture says, that we are, each one of us are a special person in God's eyes, we would look at life completely different way. We would trust God completely different. We would not be like, me, me, I, I, what about me? Most of us in life feel needed. Most of us have felt loved. But there are a lot of people who have never, ever felt that they be, they be needed or loved or cared for. And a lot of us go through life with identity that some other human beings have given to us or some circumstances or something that happened in life has pushed on us. And we have, as long as we have that identity in us, we adapted to it, we accepted it, we cannot accept identity that God has given to us. It's not some, some psychological nuisance or something that you would find in a shrink's office today. It's a word of God that I'm speaking right now, that I'm sharing with you. It is very, very important for us to know who we are in Jesus Christ. It's very important. It's very important to know and to look at ourselves the same way how God looks at us. If I would ask you with one or two or very few words, tell me who you are. What's your identity? Just think. You don't need to answer. Just think who you are. How would you describe yourself? Who you are? I'll give you some typical answers. Number one is probably, I am my past. I am my past. I have been very bad boy. I have done really shameful things. Or I have been very bad girl. And I have done things I don't want nobody to know. And it hangs over my head. And I can't forgive myself. And I can't get that out of my mind. 
and it affects who I am. It affects how I go through the life. I am my past. Number two, I am my performance. I need to go and achieve. I need to be successful. I need to do the best I can because people look at me and they will judge me or take me for my success. How they see me is how successful I am. I am my performance. I cannot fail. I cannot do wrong. I need to go and do the best I can. I am my performance. And sadly, a lot of Christians in their Christian work, walk with God are based on their performance. Interesting. Number four, I'm not very smart. I'm just not very smart. I've been going through the school, barely got through, um, get always the minimum grades. I'm just not very clever. I'm not that, that smart. I'm, I'm okay with what life gives me. If I need to be greeter in Walmart, I'll be a greeter in Walmart. They tried me once to fill out the grocery bags. I put the eggs and apples together in one bag. Customer not, was not very happy. So I'm not just that clever. I'm just not that smart. So I stopped trying. I'm not that attractive. I don't like this, I don't like that, this is too much, this is too little. I, I, I just don't, I don't I, I'm not that attractive. And I'd rather hide. I'd rather stay, sit on a bed, rather be somewhere else but not up front. I'd rather be behind people. I, I, I'm just not that, you know, I'm not that attractive. Um, none of those are true identities. They all false identities. And here is the worst one. I am my pride. And I'm like a peacock. I want to see the nice feathers. But don't look at the bird. Just look at my feathers. I am so insecure about myself that I need you to look on my false pride. But in reality, as a bird, I'm not nothing. I'm nobody. Well, my grandma, I grew up on countryside. My grandma had a peacock. And she said, the bird beautifies the surroundings wherever it goes. That was her motto. That's why she liked the bird. And it did. The feathers are really pretty. Well, the problem for Peacock was that he was together with the chickens. Well, when you have a chickens or hens, there is always a rooster. And my grandma had a big guy. He was really big rooster. And every time the dumb Peacock put out his feathers... My, the big rooster thought that his harem is it, at, at threatened, and he needs to take care and protect his chickens or his hands. And the, the peacock with this big tail, you can't run very fast and you have parachute behind you. He always got caught, and he always got pummeled, and he always got the worst end of it. And he never learned. 
He never learned. And the thing is, every time he put out his big feathers, his demeanor changed. His head is up and goes. <laughs> you know? When it's all down and folded together, he was like any other chicken. He was picking the ground. There is no difference. Why do we go through life like that? It becomes annoying to everyone around, like it became annoying to the rooster. It is the worst kind of thing that you can do, being proud. Because sooner or later, people will see through it. Actually, all those characteristics are true characteristics if you don't have Jesus in your life. And I tell my kids, they ask sometimes, what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? Well, the difference is very simple. For a person who has Jesus Christ in their life, this is the worst part of your life. And this is very short part of your life. But for a person who does not have Jesus Christ in their life, this is as good as it gets. This is the best you can have. And if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, then your ID is one of these. And you can't do nothing about it. Because there's no way out for you. Because the only God can make a choice and say, from now on, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. I can't do that on my own. All I'll do, I'll fall in that pride category. Um, there, there, there really is no hierarchy in God's kingdom, no matter what the relationships we look at, this way or this way. If we look this way, Jesus showed us through his example, we should be all equal. We should serve each other and look at each other equal. If we look at this way, we all are equal. We all are chosen. We all are special. We all are royal. Galatians 5.13 says that we are all called to serve each other. Did you know, or have you found out that, that the serving is the most royal activity that you can ever engage into? He would say, what? Serving? Being servant? That's the most royal activity you can in engage to. Just think about it. Think with me. Just think with me. Who Jesus was and is? Son of God. Royalty. God. What Jesus did when he walked on this earth? Served. What do Jesus do right now in heaven? Serve as a high priest to us. He serves as a high priest 
just think, think a little bit even deeper. Everything that is, everything that exists, is because of him. He makes it happen. He makes everything to go around. He makes everything to be. Without him, it would be nothing. So he does serve or work or whatever you call to make possible for us to exist, to live, to breathe, to see. Without him, we can't do that. And he needs to make that happen. So he is serving. God himself is in a business of serving. This is the most royal activity you can always engage. And we think that's the bottom. That's the bottom. We sometimes look at that as a trash, as no need for that. We don't want to be engaged in that whatsoever. We're looking for somebody serve me. Well, whose characteristic is that? If we accept God's given identity to us, that we are a chosen race, a royal people to him, our life will be completely different. Our life will be completely changed. And I encourage you to sometimes take time and meditate upon these kind of scriptures that boggles your mind. Think about them. And maybe pretend that you are a producer in Hollywood. Close your eyes and make your own movie. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will take you, will take you for a ride of your life. And you will find things that you never thought possible. And that's what meditating is. Not just sitting and nodding and yawning, but thinking about it, doing something that creates your thoughts, that creates your image or imaginary uh, imagination. So if you are a Christian, and we all call ourselves a Christians, which is followers of Christ, if we are, then... We are called to serve. But if we like to be served to and to have a special attention, that you need to stop calling yourself a Christian because you're not. As a follower of Christ, a Christian, it says, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. We are called to be holy, like we sing in that song. We are called to be holy. Are we perfect as a Christian? No, we are not, but we are sincere. And if we live life and serve each other, and by doing that, be giving glory to God with all that we do and worship Him, Instead of looking for our own glory, we are whole. That's holiness. That's holiness. And that's our identity. Um, have you ever been 
looking for something at the store or somewhere else that you really, really liked it. You really, really wanted it. But you really, really cannot afford it. But then you sign the paper for the next 50 years to give away all your wages, and you get it. And after a little short while, you discover it's not what I was thinking. It's not what I was hoping. And I regret this. I really do. You are a chosen race. Can you imagine that God himself choose you? Choose me? Oh, God, if you would know my past, you would not definitely choose me. God says, I'm choosing you. I'm not only choosing you. I'm going out and looking for you. And I'm finding you. And I'm bringing you to myself. Can you let this thought sink into your thoughts? The God Almighty choose to put his love upon you. Uh, and, beside, and without that, you would never ever be able to know him. He chose to put his love upon you. And with that, you can never, ever to know him. And not only that, the creator of universe has made a special plans and special decision specifically for you, specifically for me. Who, me? If you don't ask that question deep inside your heart, then you are a peacock. Because really, me? God, you choose me? We make choices and we regret. God never, ever makes wrong choice. He has never, ever regretted his choice. His choices are forever. They satisfy him forever. This is never wrong choice. I'm not the wrong choice. Are you sure about it? Can you imagine that God, creator of the universe, is so much interested? I mean, for me, those thoughts just, there's nothing else to be said. I am a royalty. God himself chose me for him. Not to walk around like a peacock and be proud, but to serve him, to proclaim his excellencies. His, who has called me out of darkness into his light. Do I deserve it? I think it's a time. I think it's a time for us to be who we call ourselves that we are and to act according to who we are. What God had made us to him 
When we tell our kids and our grandkids, you are very special to me, that's God's attribute. Because God tells you and me, you are very special to me. Don't leave that sentence unfinished. 